Good evening, boys and girls. Happy Monday. It is another live edition of the Highbury Squad. Are you ready? I think you might be. Let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another live edition of the Highbury Squad. It is Monday Madness here. Thanks to everyone who's followed over from Tom's show. Thanks to Tom uh, from the Guna Talk TV for having me on this evening. A great chat with him and Harry. Good evening, squaddies and everyone in the house. How's everyone doing this fine Monday evening? Uh, Let's take a look and see um, what's happening with you guys. Uh, We have got our regular top five talking points. We're going to do with a bit of a twist tonight because um, I wanted to do something different. So Kev is back on tomorrow. Uh, He's on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Our agenda for this week, tomorrow night, we've got the Tuesday Club-ish with um, uh, Lee Judges and Dan Potts from Lee Judges TV. On Wednesday, we have Wednesday Women, and joining me will be World Cup winning coach, Olympic gold winning coach, Jill Ellis, which is going to be a phenomenal conversation. So you won't want to miss that. On Thursday, we have a round table with Andrew, Arsblog, uh, Mangan, and Mr. David Hillier. And then on Friday, we round it all up with a little bit of Kevin Says. So that is the agenda for this week. It feels like a bit of a Manic Monday Lone Star, but we love a good old-fashioned busy day Evening to each and every one of you. Thanks for joining me. Let's talk about 80s music. Why not? Guess what I started watching this weekend? I don't know if you guys have seen it. Have you guys seen the show Physical on Apple with um, Rose Byrne? Holy cow. That After that first episode, I needed a nap. It was so high octane and the voice in her head was freaking me out a little bit. But the music, the music was absolutely fantastic. I love a show where the 80s music kicks in. So, um, Newman, of course, you are the king of 80s music. Don't you want me, baby? Actually, sorry, no, that was the Human League. God, I need one of those Gary Newman songs. Hit me up with one. Anyway, um, Ted Lasso, I saw the premiere of the second season. I love the line um, where he says, this is why I don't bring an umbrella to a brainstorm. I thought that was brilliant. Uh, Killing the dog. That was kind of hilarious in a non-hilarious way, but I love that storyline and where it's going. And I love how put out he is by this mental coach, this mental, this uh, psychologist who's come in. He's feeling a little bit left out. So we're going to see Ted, you know, challenged a little bit this season as well uh, because he's uh, he's gotten away with it. And people are strange. Love that song too. So... Um, Let's see. I'm going to have to watch this show. Excellent. I love that. Let's do it. Uh, spo- oh, no. There's no Ted Lasso spoilers for the opening. I don't think Ted Lasso is the kind of show where you could actually give away spoilers, or is it? Maybe, maybe not. Um, which one did you watch, Ostia Man? The Tottenham one, because it's kind of funny. The reboot of Dexter. Yes. I'm all into that. Definitely. Uh, let's see. James watched the 2009 version of The Firm again on Friday. Great 80s soundtrack. Yes. I mean, I love, I mean, 80s. Let's let's go. Where do we want to go? Maybe we'll just do a show. We did one uh, um, a few months ago where we talked about old shows and music and stuff like that. Love it. That's where Monday Madness comes in. And on Mondays, here's what I'm going to be doing too. If you have a talent, um, I am going to start highlighting um, top gooners who have talents and share their Uh, whether it's pictures, videos, photos, designers, any type of thing. If you're in the Arsenal community and you think you have talent, I want to showcase that. I'm going to be showcasing some pictures this week. Um, Peter Lewis, who's been a guest on the show before, the dude is into like space shit. And let me tell you, his pictures are unbelievable. I, I mean, clearly he has a really good telescope, better than the one I have in my living room, but it's really unbelievable. So be sure to, um, to uh, let me know at the squad at gmail.com. Right, kids. Um, let's talk about something really important, right? So Monday Madness is usually me going on with top five talking um, uh, points, and then you guys chime in the chat and let me know what you think as well. But tonight I wanted to do it with a little bit of a twist because there's a group of fans who have um, 
been wonderful uh, for the community for a long, long time. And living out here in America, Arsenal America and all of the different branches are full of incredible fans, incredible people from top cities like New York and LA, big cities, I should say, in Miami, Chicago. You know, even there are even Arsenal branches in towns like um, uh, there's Pikes Peak in Colorado. There's Knoxville. Uh, they are everywhere. And when I mean everywhere, they are everywhere. And they love our club like something awful, like we all do. And as you know, the Florida Cup uh, was cancelled um, this, uh, this, uh, this, um, this summer. And unfortunately, a lot of fans were really bummed about that. But the great thing is, is that they've still gotten together and they are all in Orlando and they're having a good old time. And uh, I wanted to bring on some of these fans to feature them and, you know, just show everyone that the love for the club exists in all corners of the earth. And these guys are still out there and they're still flying the flag for the club. So coming on first here with me this evening is one of my favorites. Aston, welcome back to the show, mate. How you doing? Hey, everybody. How you guys doing? We're doing good, baby. How you doing? <laughs> I'm great now that I got to meet all these new gooners. What's been going on down there? Give us, uh, give us a bit of a take on on what's been happening. Well, it's been great. So, unfortunately, like everybody knows, how the game was canceled. So, you know, we weren't really expecting much of a turnout. Lo and behold, uh, 7 p.m. rolls around on Saturday night, and we have an a-, a bar absolutely packed with Arsenal fans. And it was and it was a great experience. It's great to have everybody kind of come in, you know, hang out, meet each other. I think everybody is of the same opinions. We are all kind of of the same vibe. I mean, nobody wants. I think you lost me. Did you? Am I back? I lost you. Yeah, you're there. You're there. You're back. Okay, cool. But yeah, so basically, we're just we're just kind of getting together. We've been doing just different events all over the city, just different um, meetups at different bars, different um, hangouts. Um, we um, did a tailgate at the brewery for a game that didn't happen, and we also did a, a charity for cancer, the Gooners vs. Cancer event, where we did do some fundraising for that as well. Yeah, we're going to bring Mike here in a little bit, um, but I just wanted to have a little bit of chat with you first. And then also just wanted to share this very special message from another very special Gooner um, who we all love and adore. This is a message to all the Gooners in the US who are doing such a great job. Pity the team couldn't go out there to the tournament in Florida, uh, Orlando, but you guys are doing us proud. Magic Mike, Tiff, Aston, all the guys, all the gooners are there mingling, enjoying themselves, creating such a buzz, mingling with Everton, Everton fans as well. Magic Mike, keep up the great work. Listen, everyone, please support gooners versus leukemia, uh, versus cancer. And Magic Mike's doing such a great job and he's, uh, he does it with such a big heart. And I just want to say I'm proud of you all because you didn't need to do that. You didn't need to go. You didn't need to link up. You know, you you definitely didn't need to 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 be down there when the team ain't there. But you went there anyway to to connect. And I'm sure everybody's proud of you, just the way I am. This is the Arsenal when you make us you're special, guys. The Arsenal special. Look after yourselves. Take good care. And lots of love, everyone. That's Super Kev, Super Kevin Campbell sending a very special message to all of the Gooners in the USA because you all had your hotels booked, you got your, you had your Airbnbs booked, you had your flights booked. Um, no one's paying that back. So, I mean, you guys took PTO. For those that don't know, in America, PTO is paid time off. That's your holiday form that you fill out. Um, so, Aston, it's a really big deal that you're all there and you're still kind of getting together and, and it's all for the love of the club. Yeah, and it's been great. I, I love the fact that my city can host everybody and create some really great memories. I do want to do a really big special shout out to Chris and Megan Lodato. They actually got engaged at the bar just uh, just on Saturday. Wow. When we met up. Amazing. Well, we need to uh, get a picture of that engagement and we'll put it up on the show as well. I'm going to bring in another uh, very... Um, uh, very uh, lovable gooner we should say some people call him microwave mike some people call him magic mike to most of us he is the mike welcome to the show mr magic mike 
Live from Orlando also. Long time no see. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Mike. How's it going out there? Oh, this is this is a nice rest day. This is like you know when you when you when you you know because I'm a no drink day, no drink day. Is that what you mean? It's been a long week since I got here. Today's <laughs> going to be my day off, and then we go again tomorrow. That's just that, that. That's how we roll down here. But uh, but it's been fun. Aston pretty much, you know, covered all the all the highlights. We have people people's married lives starting at a Gunnar event that never happened. They're going to be able to tell their kids someday about how they drunkenly gotten. I, I hope that's still on. Like they, I I got engaged with my wife 25, <laughs> 26 years ago in the exact same way. Uh, are, are didn't you see it coming didn't have a ring so i told them that story and i'm like look i'm still married so if i could do it you could do it are you saying that it was a drunken engagement is that what you're saying it was not only a, 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 a this has nothing to do with arsenal it was in my fraternity house that i had graduated from a year earlier we were down for something called foxfield at the university of virginia and and we just said you know what this 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 could work and uh, <laughs> you did it. one of us saw it coming, but hey, we're you know it's been twenty six years. We're still still together. So now Aston's getting questions as to whether he got married. Aston did not get married, but here's a <laughs> shocking revelation that Newman almost got married once. And I'm just wondering who was that girl that escaped? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> <laughs> he must be punching even better than I am, but absolutely. Um, <laughs> well, say hi to all the squaddies. They're all sending their love out for you guys. There's a lot of love, as you know, on the Highbury squad for our US fans and supporters and stuff like that. So let's get the take on what people are talking about on the ground there. There's, there's, uh, I got some talking points for you guys um, this evening. The first one is I was just coming off Tom's show and talking to Harry and Tom, and Tom asked a really good question about. You know, are we doing enough to sell the players that we currently have? And I was like, wow, that's a really good question. We're so focused on who's coming in that we've kind of forgotten about the players that we need to to move on. So I'll start with you first, Aston. Um, if there are going to be a, a, a number of or a couple of or a player that you, you, you think absolutely we need to get rid of in this window, they have to go. Are we finally going to be able to sell Kalasinac to someone? Are we going to have to loan him again to someone? Is Xhaka really going? Are we going to sell Willock? Is Maitland-Niles staying or going? Is he, you know, it feels like a scene from Moonlight and you're probably too young for this. Is you is or is you ain't, you know, um, a little bit <laughs> <Maybe>. of that. <laughs> and uh, and Reese Nelson as well. What's your take on the so, Deadwood. So I think it's going to be a more complicated summer for that than people understand. Um, I think people need to remember the same way it's a great market for us to go and buy foreign players because all of these leagues are a little cash poor. Um, it's also conversely very hard for them to buy our players. You know, um, I, I think that you might see a lot of more structured deals or this um, loan with an option to buy coming out of it, just because I, I think the, the desire is there, but I don't think the money is. And that's the real, that's the real problem. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things that Harry said to um, Mike was that as much as we want to sell players, you know, a lot of teams in Europe, especially just don't have the cash, you know, to buy. Um, so loan deals might have to come into play. When you look at some of the loan deals we did last season, the most value was prob- probably, um, you know, Saliba and Mavrobanos, who were the best loan deals that we had. Torreira in limbo. What's your take on what we have and who you really think is going to end up leaving considering the climate that we're living in right now fiscally? It, it is the worst time to have all this bloated roster of players who just aren't good enough for, for our eighth place football team. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it's going to be hard to move everyone on that we need to. I mean, I, th- I think we have to take advantage of, of market timing. I always kind of relate things to, to the financial industry because player trading is really very similar to investing. Uh, and Arsenal have been the worst at doing that in the last 10 years, at least. Um, but, uh, you know, Willock is the guy I look at as the one who has the most market value right now. And yet I've heard the, the numbers 40 now shrinking down to what, you know, you've said, would you take 20 for him? And, and so even in, in the market where we have somebody that is as, as proven over the last two months as a person could be proven over, over a two-month period, 
his, the you got to strike while the iron is hot and and that's mm. the sale that i'm just scratching my head figuring out why that can't be made and also with no european football this evening uh, this evening this season as archangel says it makes it a little bit tougher obviously we've been able to attract players just because of arsenal football club's pedigree you know without Champions League football, but we always had Europa League football for the, you know, Obers and the Lacazettes and the Pepes and the Gabriels of the world and the Thomas Parties of the world. But this season, we lack that. And look at the way we're penny pinching around the club in terms of trying to save money in order to be able to make money. But I'll go on to my second talking point for tonight, which is a, a, a subject that I thought had gone away, but it's reared his ugly, ugly head. But I understand why, because to me, I think he has the most market value of any potential player that will be outgoing, and that is Lacazette. Um, and it seems like the rumours about Atletico are back on. Now, this hurts my heart a little bit, I have to say, um, when it comes to Lacazette. I think one of the things Arsenal fans expected more from him was goals, right? They just think that in his position, he should be scoring a lot more goals or be more prolific. But what he's brought to the team, I believe, is some things that we just don't see. I've always compared him to being our Bobby Firmino. The only difference is maybe he didn't have a Salah and a Sane, you know, at their height. Although there was a time where he and Oba and Pepe were on fire towards that FA Cup win in Arteta's first season. Aston, Lacazette to Atletico. Would you be making that deal if it was in that region of 2025? Um, they're talking about maybe players as well, but to me it hurts a little bit because I think he's one of our best players off the ball and doesn't get enough credit for maybe what he did in a leadership role with the younger players last season too. Yeah, off the ball, I was going to say he might be one of our best players off the pitch. Um, I, You know, he has incredible... Um, um, leadership skills and a lot of clout with a lot of the young players. I think he kind of comes off kind of like the hip dad of the group. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. on the flip side of that, this is something that we're going to have to kind of admit to ourselves, which is, is he better than Giroud? When we replace, we essentially replace Giroud with him. You're saying some of the same things that we used to defend Giroud with. We used to say that, okay, Giroud may not score a bunch of goals, but he makes our team play better. But are we scoring as many goals as we would have with like a Giroud? And is he really putting the level of output that is that we need out of him? Or do we just have Arsenal eyes because we've kind of fallen in love with the beautiful French man that he is? You know what I mean? So, <laughs> Look at you, Aston. Aston and I have had arguments about Giroud. Now he's 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 saying everything I would, would he's all on, He's all on the GQ Giroud train. Now he's gone, huh, Mike? Well, th think about think about this. Like, this has been Lacazette's best season at, at 17 goals. Giroud mm -hmm. used to do that, and we used to slag him off for it. So what are we doing here? We have to think about how can we move forward as a club, and right now we have two players that are over 30 that we may not be able to – and we always talk about how we're not able to get money for value, cash for value. Well, then that's two assets. That's two strikers we're not going to be able to get a lot of money for in four or five years. So the question is, what do you do with, what do you do with that? You know what's interesting is um, I know there's not a lot of money in La Liga, Mike. We know this. There's not a lot of money in Syria. I mean, look, it, there's a reason Conte left Inter Milan, you know, when he was told he had to trim and he's not going to get the investment. It's just not going to happen. So the, the interesting thing to me and what I asked Tom and Harry on Tom's show is how is it Chelsea can get 18 million for a player who's not kicked the ball in the Premier League hardly? Um, and we are saying, well, Atletico won't spend 15. Well, who will spend 2025 on Lacazette? Why do we keep underselling our assets when they're at, even sometimes they're, they're not peak value, but they have value? And a lot of the responses were, well, you know, the reason why is because Chelsea have a model of doing business and people know they don't have to sell, whereas people Harry's know. Answer on that was, I thought Harry's answer on that was spot on. I mean, so it, are it, you in agreement, Mike? One hundred percent. I'm sitting there nodding my head when Harry was answering that question. It was, it, you know, it, it is at this point a perception issue. It is, uh, you know, we are the, you know, when you play poker and they say, if you don't know who the fish is at the table or whatever, the, you don't know who the mark is at the table, then it's you. <laughs> um, that's exactly what we're dealing with in the Premier League right now, um, except I think we kind of know it. Everyone but the people actually at the club doing the transfer seems to know it. Um, we just now have a reputation that we cannot get rid of until maybe we 
you know, it, it's the same thing with refereeing. We don't get the respect from referees. We don't get the respect from other teams. We our players get kicked around all over the pitch and elbowed and 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 cleated and and you know, no one gets a red card because we're Arsenal. I think there's some truth to that. But it's a cyclical thing as well. You can get out of that. You can get out of that by having Saka and ESR on the England national team playing well, getting protected, winning games with style again. I mean, it's it's going to take a lot. But when you start doing that, you have teams that are desperate for our assets. Right mm-hmm. now, they just know that we've got a you know a poo poo platter full of uh, of average players that we're trying to unload and try to get something close to what we paid for them originally back and. When you know the the motivations of the other team that you're in negotiations with, you called all the cards. And Chelsea has, for better or for worse, and I think they got penalized for it. They've used the loan system well. They've used the you know uh, uh, brought tons of young players in in the hopes that some of them would work out. And they've been able and and Liverpool's been able to monetize those players in far better way than we are because they don't have to sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so I don't know but we it, it drives me crazy to keep talking about Rion Brewster and Dominic Solange and and whoever this guy is that that Vieira just bought for pa- for Palace and why we can't seem to get rid of Joe Willock for the same money at this point but it's a hard reality that we're probably just going to have to reset and hope that the entire cycle of Arsenal Football Club comes around again and we can be on the other side of that equation can yeah um yeah, go on, Aston, mate. Yeah, just just to comment on that, I think it's also a bit of, uh, a little bit of a bigger problem when you take a step back. One of the things that you can say that Abramovich and and the Liverpool managers have brought with them are actual management teams to deal with contracts and negotiations. I think Arsenal is so far back in the infrastructure, in the business infrastructure, in the contract infrastructure, that that is often why we are always left with such a dire situation. Sure, is the perception there? Absolutely. I'm not saying that that's not a huge, if not probably the main piece, but I think another part of that piece is we have not had a negotiator that's gotten the job done on whether it be um, coming in or going out since since David Dean. Yeah. I mean, look, there's no doubt that Edu is trying to reverse a terrible trend of how we do business. Um, and we might not see all of the results in this window. We're certainly not. It's a work in progress. Most of us agreed that January was a great window because we're able to get rid of all of the of the click and the bad karma in the dressing room, but at a cost and the cost was zero. We got no ROI on any of that stuff and we just can't continue to be that club, which is why one of the markets and the areas, which brings me to point number three, is the the British player market. Now, I don't agree with it, but here we are. We're about to spend 50 million on Ben White. Now, do I think Ben White's worth 50 million? No, but do I think he's worth signing? A hundred percent. If he was uh, a player that was coming from France or, or you know, Spain, he would probably be 25. But the market dictates what it is. United paid 85 for Harry Maguire. You know, uh, when City wanted stones from Everton, they had to play, pay a heavy sum too. So if we're not able to get maximum dollar for Laka because he wants to go to Europe, if we can't get maximum dollar for Bellerin because he wants to go to Inter, what can we get for the Joe Willocks, the Maitland Niles, and even the Reese Nelson of the world? Even if it's if it's an exchange of player plus cash, um, Mike, I'm going to start with you. You're really good with numbers, and you always help align me when I start talking about the business side of things. But why aren't we focusing on that when we can bring in top dollar, maybe for those players, or as top dollar as we can in this transfer window? Well, I'm normally good with numbers, but I'm normally not as hungover as I am at the moment. <laughs> but uh, I. The, the thing about the, the Lacazette sale, I, I wanted to comment on that before because you mentioned your you know your attachment to him and Aston, you, you talked about him as well. I love the guy as well, but if all this discussion about Tammy Abraham, forget the 40 million part and forget what we could sell Lacazette for. I think those are the kinds of moves that we actually need to be making. Forget the fact that he plays for Chelsea. That's that's a that's a misnomer because he's not 32 and and on the downside of his career. Um, so for one, I would, I would sell, I would, I would sadly say goodbye to Lacazette and consider it an upgrade in age. Are you saying you'd rather have Tammy Abraham than Lacazette? 
Is that what I'm hearing? Five years, yes. Not just I'm just not I'm not just thinking about the next one or two years. I'm thinking in terms of the whole evolution of trying to get into a situation where we have young players with marketability. And, you know, unless his career, Tammy Abraham's career, just goes down the tubes, if he's given a regular opportunity to play at 23. Why not and, give Balogun a regular opportunity to play? I think we're going to need all of those guys. Because um, in two years, we're not going to have Lacazette or Aubameyang still firing for us. So so Balogun's in the plans. Tammy, I mean, that I'm looking at resale value, age profile, and, and, and what they bring to the team. I'm not saying he's an upgrade on Lacazette in this moment in time, but I am saying that those are the kinds of moves we need to make if we want to start getting on the opposite side where where we have marketable assets and young assets that are, you know, that are not just portfolio assets, but they're but they're gonna help our team in the short run. Okay, so Aston, I think we all get caught up in this. Oh my God, not another ex-Chelsea, not a Chelsea player. Please don't sign another Chelsea player. But I think in this instance, it's a totally different conversation because this is a Chelsea player who has some market value and stock, right? As Mike said, he's young. Um, and Frank Lampard believed in him. Tuchel did not, right? Tuchel wanted to play a different way. Um, Timo Werner was his guy. But as you guys saw, he struggled for goals. And maybe James Johnson's in the room, but there's some good stats on Tammy in terms of the ratio of what he scored versus how much he has played. He gives an aerial threat to the Arsenal. And if I remember last year, we put in 555,000 crosses, two point, <laughs> however many, and there was very rarely anyone on the end of them. Um, are we, if Tammy was at Southampton or Brighton, would we be looking at this a little bit differently? Um, actually, so I, I'm a little split on it. I, I do believe that the, the reason I like the Tammy Abraham thing is because what Mike's saying about squad building and age profiles is important. What you want for each position is, uh, your most senior guy, your oldest guy is usually going to be the guy starting. He's in his prime. He's playing. He's got a guy slightly younger than him competing. And then you have a youth. We'd have Obama Yang. We'd have Tammy. Then we'd have uh, a Balogun right under them. And then that way, when Obama Yang naturally ages out, you have an asset that's at its peak value for you to go ahead and sell. So I do understand that argument, and it's really good. Uh, I just think that we can do a little better than Tammy. I, I think that there might be some other striker targets. And this is my biggest thing. I, I don't know that I agree with this, let's buy a bunch of British players inside of this market specifically no i'm saying sell not buy oh no 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 but i'm saying but how we bought ben white yeah and yeah, now, yeah okay. and now we're talking about buying tammy and the reason i don't agree with that is because you can go to france right now or you can go to um a myriad of leagues that i think have players just on the same level that we could get for half the price also there's a stigma to tammy and i don't know why mike and aston i don't know where this is coming from but james brings up a really good point he's got a better goals per game ratio than calvert lewin and you would argue calvert lewin has started way more many got yeah. way more many games um and and this calvert lewin thing i think you know uh, he had that amazing first few months of the season and everyone kind of rode and went on that train a little bit why do you think Tammy has a stigma attached to him, Mike. What he just seems to be one of those players that people think he's a, as someone said in chat, a Lukaku light, or he's just not like technically gifted. But if you see his play overall, he's got really good touch with his his, his first touch is really good. His interplay is really good. He's got pace, um, and he's positionally. I think a lot of the times he finds himself in the right place at the right time. He's going to miss chances like a lot of strikers. But I don't understand what the stigma is. It is it because he's a Chelsea player? It's the that's it, it's exactly because of that. It's the Chelsea the Chelsea mentality is that I mean it is hard to break. You either have to be an otherworldly player who's just rapidly on the rise, a la Mason Mount, um, or you have to be a big name who a Galactico that they're going to bring in. Because if you are not, if you don't force your way into that starting lineup every single game, if you're not. Uh, Diego Costa when he came to Chelsea or you know it, it, you're you're going to have someone bought to go in front of you and that's what's continued to happen to Tammy Abraham through his development is that they've said you know what we just don't I mean, Tammy Abraham through the youth ranks he's good but are we going to start him every game is he going to be our next DDA Drogba is he going to be 
uh, Diego Costa, or are we going to go out and spend, you know, millions of pounds on on Timo Werner and hope that he turns into the next Lewandowski for us? Are we going to buy Erling Holland? So, you know, I just I think he gets a bad rap because he might not be good enough to claim that Drogba spot at Chelsea, but he could certainly be good enough and develop. And like you said, if he played for Southampton um, and had the kind of year that he is capable of having, he would probably be moving on to a United or to another big club for, for big money. Mm. 40 is a lot. And I'm not saying that I'm going to be gutted if we don't get him because we do have other options. We do have Martinelli and Balogun who probably need a little bit more time on the pitch in a year where we don't play twice in a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think that if it were the, the long-term kind of get it, getting out the people that aren't going to have resale value and maybe on the decline, and I don't, I don't think Lacazette's on the decline yet, but it's going to happen soon. And and replacing them with young, talented people who just need the opportunity to play, I think is it would be a positive step. So I wouldn't argue against that move. For um, yeah, I just wanted to put this uh, comment up from JJ Tamo. We'll, uh, we'll smash the goals in for Arsenal, guarantee it. Tierney, Pepe, Cedric, if he's playing right back, is a bit of a whippy delish on the crosses. Well, I have a fear Chambers will be playing right back, but I don't want to talk about that today. Please, not, not, don't. Mike, don't mention the CC word. Um, I didn't bring him up. <laughs> you didn't like his new haircut? Come on. This, no, uh, that's a holding, isn't it? Who got the? Why Chambers has got a new haircut too? Did I miss something? I was AWOL he's yesterday. Got a, he's got the facial hair now is what he's doing. Oh well, yeah, he's tr- yeah. He reminds me of. He looks like a very dashing soldier from World War Two. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he could be um, in like a Tom Hanks movie or something like that. I stand sure. by. If people think we're going to improve Maybe with Chambers at right back, it's not going to happen. But anyway, that's another show for another day. Uh, good evening to all 300 of you in live chat this fine Monday evening with my Gooners in the USA uh, guests right here. Well, they're kind of furniture, really. They're part of the Highbury Squad family. Um, they are still in Orlando. It's the hashtag no party, but still we party or we still party. Still we party, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, like I don't um, know. Regardless of the team, unfortunately, having to cancel, and we all know the team didn't want to do that because it put their uh, preseason plans into disarray. Uh, but this Gooner lot are still there and they're getting together and doing great things and um towards the end of the show we'll have mike share a bunch of stuff with you guys for the fantastic charity gooners versus cancer as well um this all brings me up to point four a little bit um fans and our expectations you guys (laughs) how much will the sky fall and i'm just talking hypothetically here right how much will the sky fall if, say, Ben White comes in and that's our business? Is it possible, Mike, that that could be the case? I don't think so. Um, But, I mean, we've we've had windows where, where we bought in one elderly goalkeeper and that's it. Um, so it wouldn't, it wouldn't absolutely shock me. I know that the team knows they need more than just that. Um, that is, is unquestioned. Uh, I know that they need, they, they, they feel that there's another, um, you know, another midfielder needed, probably someone in the eight position. I don't know that they really are looking at a, at a right back, uh, to, to your chagrin and to mine as well. I, I, you know, despite Despite my love for Callum Chambers, I don't love him as our starting right back. I love him as a guy who's in the squad. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I think we're going to see three more, including Ben White. Um, but the market is the tough thing. I mean, you know, we're, we're not going to, except for Ben White, we're not going to pay way over the odds for somebody at this point. Mm-hmm. And even though I don't like the narrative that we have to sell before we can buy, because you balance your books at the end of the window, you don't do it as you go along. Um, you know, it, it isn't like they're they're reaching into the piggy bank to see what money is in there before they can spend it. it it's a long term thing, but uh, but without knowing that we can sell, then they're absolutely not going to really be able to commit to buying that much. And so, the next thing to fall has to be those five, six, seven players that, that you and Harry and Tom were talking about. Um, and, uh, you know, 
no, I'm not going to go there. Uh, but yeah, it's got to be those players who, uh, who who need to be moved on. We have to at least start to get some certainty that they will be moved on before. So you're staying on. away from answering the question about the meltdown potential. How bad this- would it be? Okay, how bad would it be if we signed Ben Wayne? Um, people will try to talk themselves into it, and then when we lose three of the first four games, then <laughs> then it's going to be you know right. all over again. Aston, what's your take? I mean, I, it, we, we've had a solid window, but we haven't had a great window. Ben White comes in, maybe we get a goalkeeper somewhere, but that's it. What would you What would you say? No, I, I actually think that the the uh, the zeitgeist in the air is a little different on this time around because I think that we finally reached a point as fans where we actually expect this outcome. We actually expect Good to man. not do anything. When we bought Ben White for $50 million, that's almost like a signal to fans, like, what are we doing spending all this money in a place that we don't feel that we needed? We don't trust our board. I think there really is going to be a meltdown. What you said is the million-dollar question. Every single fan that I spoke to this weekend brought this exact thing up. Mm-hmm. So I do really think that this is going to be an ins- – it's, it's a moment – where it's, I don't, I don't even think this falls on Arteta. I don't think this falls on Edu. I think this is a, a reformation on the Cronkies themselves. If we see such irris- what we consider irresponsible spending on a on a center back for a for a position where we have six other players, if it, if well, if there's if there's no sale of say Willock or Maitland Niles, is that a bad is that bad is that a bad move? I mean, clearly, if no. There's the juxtaposition here for Arsenal is who's coming in, who's going out. But there's certain players that we need to move on, Mm -hmm. right? And I'll come to my fifth one in a minute. But if we don't move those players on, like the Willocks of the world, you know, like Bellerin, I mean, I, I think in order for Arteta to really succeed and have a team in his image, some of these players have to be moved on. It's an, extension, it's an extension of the click issue, except, you know, these players aren't necessarily like undermining Arteta and the club, but they are just just having literal stale deadwood around that's not likely to get on the pitch unless there's just an like two people are injured in front of them. Just having them around the club is it, it just it, it's friction. It holds you back. It, it prevents you from making the steps forward that you need to step as much as Saka and and. ESR re-signing and and Tierney getting a a contract extension. Mm -hmm. All of that is pushing us forward. And this Deadwood that we can't get rid of is is working 100% opposite to that, pushing us back. And that's why I think it is important to get rid of them. Less even about the money we get rid of than just resetting the the, the squad and saying, these are our ride or dies going forward. We're not going to be this country club for for people who aren't good enough to cut it here anymore. Okay, so... Brings me to my point number five, and Yannis just put it in, put something in chat too. And I asked this question to the lads earlier on Tom's show, and I'd love to know what the squaddies think. And yes, hit the like button. You know the rules. If you hate Tottenham, hit the like button. If you like more <laughs> signings, hit the like button. If you like to get rid of Kalasinac, hit the like button. Um, what would you guys say? I'll be right or back. As, I, I, as, I have to go open 94 browsers. <laughs> <laughs> or as um, I think it's Matthew or Matty, I don't know. Someone said it, caress. They're into caressing That's the like button now. They don't want to hit anything. Um, nice. What would you guys say if my point five, we're haggling over two or $3 million. What would happen if the Xhaka move fell through Aston? Oh, gosh. Um, One, I think that it's complicated. I think we need to get money for Xhaka. Xhaka is not one where I, I we're not going to recoup 30 million. We're not going to recoup 20 million. But if they're offering like what I'm hearing as low as like 10 million, I do think that that's a reasonable p- moment to go. Okay. We have a next year. I think we can get more than 10 million in January. I think we can get more than 10 million, but it's really close because I think he needs to go. I think Xhaka Bellerin and Willick to an extension um, have this, we used to always have this casual nature about the club. Players that just, you know, it didn't matter if they performed or not, they're going to get paid, come back the next week and, you know, do it, do it all again. I think that if we don't move the players that are part of that mentality out, then we're not never going to change back into that winning mentality that we had in the early 2000s. 
Mm-hmm. Mike, what's your take on it? I mean, I've defended Jackal wherever I could possibly. And, uh, you know, you get to a point where you're really in the mindset of, like Aston says, if we really want to turn this team around, just some players have to go. It's like that relationship. You just try to make work. He's yeah. going to change. You know, I know he is. You know, then you get the flowers <laughs> and you get, you know, you get a few bits, but then, you know, they'll put their foot in it again and you're like. Eh. And he's flipping people off again. And then you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. I, it, it, it's I've, I've stated very clearly on a number of occasions that my issues with with Jaka are not uh, anything having to do with his football ability. It's his personality, and I just I don't care for him at all. Um, I haven't had an Arsenal player that I felt like that about. I'll root for him when he's on the pitch with his with his shirt on and his hands to his side. Uh, but uh, but beyond that, I, I just don't like him at the club. And so we do really need to move him on. But the issue we're having with Roma right now is that same Arsenal stigma where every time we want to get rid of a player and we're haggling over a, mil- a few million euro, like in this situation, the, the desire is, you know what, we just want to get rid of him so bad, you know, just sell him for 15 or 17. Let's not hold out for 20 because we just we don't want the whole thing to fall through. And then on the buy side, we're mm-hmm. like, well, we're trying to pay 45 for Ben White. They want 50, but let's just get it done. Let's pay the 50. So we're always on the wrong side of those concessions on both the buying side and the selling side. And it's going to take a generation, a football generation, that is maybe five to 10 years for us to truly break out of that stigma. But uh, what do I think will happen if Jaka doesn't get sold? I'm going to be angry. <laughs> I'm going to be <laughs> I think Tom's right here. Be a meltdown. There will be an absolute meltdown people will be having conniptions left right and center and look for me in order for i i would love to have seen this in a different world maybe this could have been possible el neni jaka kalasinach holding maybe i'll hold if maybe i'm on the fence chambers gone i would have sold a bamiyang this summer, if I could have. Uh, oh, I would. Uh, that that was my dream, and I, I don't think Aston's going to agree with this, but that was my dream come true. If we could have just had a do-over with that contract, I know, I know, there's a lot of hindsight involved in that because I was as excited to see that that reveal video that he had, you know, resigned as as anyone else. But I really think that's one that we're gonna we're gonna regret in mm-hmm. in a year or two, and and I would have loved to get out from under that. You want to put a fiver on it? <laughs> you think he's going to have an amazing season, Aston? I think he's going to be back to, I don't think maybe not a golden boot winning season, but my, I do feel like there were enough mitigating circumstances to think that he's going to go back to performing at a level of at least 20 goals a season. I, I expect at least 20 goals. This I've, season. I've promised to not talk about, um, why i i'm not allowed to talk about it anymore i am allowed but i tried to mute myself but let's just say involves something called the nld (laughs) excuse me um you know i'm with you on that i'm just i I I didn't have t-shirts printed up uh, about it but i but i'm with you on the 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 whole kind of like selling us with these cute little somersaults in mykonos and stuff oh our captain and you know, I if Arteta really wanted to show some major balls in like no nonsense this season, I would have made you know Thomas Party or Kieran Tierney captain. Um, I would have you know Abamyang. I always felt like did he really want to be there to play or was it more about the money? I'm sorry, that's just my personal opinion. So I hope that he becomes the Ober we knew. Um, because he certainly be given the chances to score lots of goals last season and he whiffed. And I know he had some personal problems, you guys, and I'm not, absolutely not talking about that. Um, but you also, at some point, you know, have to not make excuses and overcome um, some of those. And it just feels like, I hope to God, we're not in another Ozil situation. I really do. Um, and, you know, he starts scoring goals, everything will be forgotten. Yeah. Um, but right now, from a leadership point of view, and going on, what would um, what would uh, what would make sense for the team going forward? I'd keep Lacquer over Oba. Aye, aye. The captain's back in the house. The train's got home. Here we go. <laughs> Hello, Mister Super, Super Kevin Campbell. <laughs> well, you know who my choice is, but we can't afford him. I would go get Lukaku. I mean, he's just a beast. Exactly. He's the kind. He's the kind of player that. I mean, talk about improved. Um, playing in Italy, people poo-poo Syria, but what he's what he did playing under in- Antonio Conte is unbelievable. Totally underappreciated at Manchester United. 
Um, another player I love, but we can't afford probably is Marcus Turam. I love Marcus Turam. To me, he's like a mix of Kevin and Ian Wright. Uh, so, you know, I know I'm going to get off the Uber train. Stop me, Mike. Stop me now, Aston. Just stop Listen, me. Listen, we're, we're parking. We're parking the bus here. Here's the station. Okay. We're all right. All right. We're off. We're off. Okay. <laughs> There's your answer, Mr. Um, Super Kevin Campbell. What do you think about that? Killian uh, Holland or Erling Mbappe. That's who I would replace Obama. Yeah. Well, God, we'll have to sell the land, the stadium. <laughs> uh, we'd have to sell it all. Um, so, yeah. I mean, look, that, that to me, those are the top five kind of hot topics today because we're now heading into August, right? Mm -hmm. We've we got, what, 31 days to go, maybe a bit more. Um, mm -hmm. And I just feel like it's getting to that time where we're not shifting, we're not selling, um, and that's going to be really important. And then you start asking, well, you know, are we going to really make it happen this time and those deals are going to come in? Mr. Kevin Campbell wants a follow-up, everybody. I think we'll allow this. Well, if we can't replace him, why would you sell? No, I just said in in a hypothetical world. I'm living in my hypothetical bubble. Right now, he'd be yelling, Sophie, Sophie, Sophie. <laughs> right back on the bus. Right when back was, on the bus. Turam is nowhere near as lethal as Yang. Everyone was more lethal than Yang last season, Mr. Super Kevin Campbell. I'll have you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, let's hope he's, he's going to come back. If he's not, then I'll have a humble pie baking for you in my Arteta oven. That I thought I have it was bang out of order that that Everton fan that I interviewed last night on video at the, at the pub was, uh, cause there's a, there's a ton of Everton fans here. Cause Everton actually did show up for the Florida cup. Yeah. And you know, you ask an Everton fan, the obvious question, which is Kevin Campbell, best footballer ever for Everton. Right. And he delayed, like he delayed, he, he didn't come up with the right answer. I thought that was completely out of order. Kevin, yeah. I, try, I tried to, I tried to hook you up. <laughs> he is he's brocking next time even though he's not here but hold on a second this is not true at all i don't have a problem with Yang earning lots of money and is a jovial character i do have a problem when your captain and your two younger players who are coming through are more mature than your captain that i have a problem with and by maturity i mean lead by example and you're going to make me say it now neil is show up early to the north london derby yeah that's 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 all i'm saying is you can have as much money as you like i give zeros the more money you get power to you but when you are captain of arsenal football club i expect a little bit better better uh super kev will be back in the house tomorrow night with um the tuesday club ish episode with Mr. Lee Judges and Dan Potts from Lee Judges TV. Um, I know I did it. Slap me on the wrist. I'm in trouble. Hit the do not like button. If I, I'm sorry, I just had to. Kevin took me there. He usually does. So yeah, all right. I'll leave Oba alone. Everybody I am. talk about soccer. Save the podcast. <laughs> I'm going to try and really not mention it. Do you think, do you guys think I could do it? Yeah, Ash and I will put a fiver on that for the for the for Gunners versus Cancer. We'll see. Every yeah. time <laughs> I complain about Aubameyang and the North London Derby this season, I yeah, will give it's one dollar. Like somebody that's doing like a like a long distance race or something. For every time she mentions it, it's it's five. It's it's another fiver to. to I will I will do it. I will do it. And by the way, you thought your nickname was cool. Have you seen what his nickname Lee Judge is? By the way, Gianni Mr. Judges. Yeah. Gianni Judges, because he was complaining about Kev wearing his not complaining, but you made a comment about oh, is Kev wearing shades because he's in the sun, like he can't, you know? And so he said, "Listen, Gianni Judges," and it oh stuck. God, so it's so epic. Kevin um, is the is the is the the nickname master. I mean, yeah. when, when you get a nickname from Kevin, it sticks with you for life. A hundred percent. And I've, apparently, I already have to put a dollar in <laughs> in the uh, in the in the judge, in the uh, in the judge in in the, in judge. the pot. <laughs> got the judge on the brain, have we? Um, like, yeah, he's got like one of those little <laughs> things where you put the dollar in, and he goes like this for about five minutes, and then he stops, and then you got to put it in another time. <laughs> I'm not going to take the bait, Richard. I can't. I can't talk about it anymore. Um, all right. Let's get to one of the main reasons that you're out there as well, Mike. By the way, everyone, thanks so much for joining us this Monday. You guys are awesome. And uh, I, I love these two guys a lot. And I really, really wanted to like let everyone know how special the Arsenal fans are out here in South America, in Europe, in the Middle East, in Africa, in Asia, in Australasia, everywhere around the world. And as you know, last season we started a good morning show and we're going to be doing another one soon 
um, with our good friends in the Middle East. We'll be doing one in South America. We'll, do, we'll be doing one in Africa as well. I'm going to play this little clip, Mike, before you take it over and tell us a little bit about um, Gunas versus Cancer as well. This is Tiffany, who is on the board of Arsenal America, and she's also the founders of the Guna Girls, which is a phenomenal group on Facebook. If you haven't joined it, please go and find it. Here we go. Hello, Highbury Squad and fellow Gooners. I am coming to you live from beautiful Orlando, which you can't see because it's very bright out here. Uh, but, you know, obviously it was disappointing that the team didn't come out. These are the times of COVID. This is what happens. Um, totally understand that, uh, you know, we've actually only eaten uh, outdoors and, and been to outdoor uh, events since we've been here. So it's been pretty good, you know, like people are masking and obviously we have our arsenal masks with us and uh, we are excited to see some people on Tuesday. A whole crew of us are going to Epcot, sort of turn it red for the day and, uh, you know, represent in lieu of our, our boys. So, you know, Mike's had an epic time with the Gunners versus Ca uh, Cancer fundraiser here and uh you know what are you gonna do uh we still wanted to see family and be able to have a nice trip uh you know obviously with safety protocols in mind so here we are um my fabulous ears that you have to see so excited about these um so yeah that's that's us that's where we are that's what's going on um we will send pictures on tuesday from the whole group together Bye, I miss you guys. Love me some Tiff. I can't wait to see her tomorrow. I'm I'm part of the crew going to going to Epcot, so there'll be some epic video from Epcot tomorrow. I'm not wearing those ears though. Yeah, um, yeah, and the boys in the chat are being very cute about Tiff as well. I love uh, I love the lads. Well done, lads. Um, and you know, she's very married. She's very married. That's what I was going to say. And of course, it's the usual suspects that are starting it all. And she does wear those ears so well, a hundred percent. And look, they're out there having fun. They've spent their money. They've taken time off. They may as well enjoy themselves. And again, as I said, I just wanted to give them a major shout out on tonight's show, Mike. What's going on with the Gunas versus Cancer down there? Tell us. Give us an update. You know what the the. the People talk about how the Arsenal fan base is toxic, it's this, it's that, it's negative, but I mean, they're just looking at like a, a, a sliver of the Twitter and podcasts and, <laughs> and, uh, and YouTube sphere because the Arsenal fan base is so much more than that. And it's these kinds of weekends and weeks that just really bring that back home because, you know, without the club coming, obviously the numbers are smaller than, uh, than we expected to have here people-wise, but... Yesterday, we had a pregame tailgate, even though there was no game, uh, about four or five hours at the Broken Strings Brewery in Orlando. Aston was there, about, a, what would you say, about 100 people or so? Probably about 100, 150, just yeah. about. And and we did a, a fundraiser <clears throat> for Orlando, which is still going on. And you guys in the in the squatty uh, chat room, you can, you can be part of this as well. But yesterday, uh, we've raised a total of about 1,400, about 1,450. $1,450 for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society just through through uh, this morning, actually. And we're going to go until Wednesday because Wednesday was supposed to be the second game of the Florida Cup. So we're going to do another tailgate uh, at Broken Strings on Wednesday. And, I don't know uh, if my liver be can part take of it. I'm sorry? I don't know if my liver can take it. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> well, we'll see how I do on Tuesday before I decide what, you know, my beverage of choice on Wednesday. But, but I will be there uh with all the the signs and the and the raffles and stuff so if you want to be part of it even if you're not in orlando you can be it is a raffle drawing for a signed shirt from your pick of alan smith lee dixon or super kevin campbell now if you're a squatty i know who you're going to pick you're obviously going to go with super kev uh but uh, your pick of a personalized signed retro kit second prize is a uh is a new 21 22 kit of your choice with um, with uh, a personalization of any player that you want, uh, unless it's Jaka, that is not allowed. Um, and then uh, <laughs> we also have five really nice Arsenal prints from Ruth Beck Art. So basically there's stuff you can win if you donate by Wednesday morning. Uh, go to gvcorlando.com. Uh, it's www.gvcorlando.com, and you can be part of that. And by entering this raffle, you'll also be entered in the big raffle later this summer, which we're going to be coming out with news about in the next few weeks. So 
Uh, just really, in, it's it brings everybody together. Tons of people had fun yesterday, raised money. When Tiffany said in her video she came down here to see family, she wasn't talking about like blood family. She was talking about us yep. and the Arsenal family. And that's that's really, I mean, the, it sounds cheesy and corny to talk about that, but that is uh, legitimately the, the reason to come down here. So uh, well, All the Gooners in the chat are asking for a Gunagra in the UK. They're also saying what an incredible job you guys are doing. And a lot of people are asking about where they can go um to uh to find to 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 donate and um and be part of it as well so i've just put the link up here mike make sure yeah, it's correct so gvc um orlando orlando.com okay. uh, martin says he's donating right now i truly appreciate it um and again you don't need to be here when you donate you'll you're donating directly to the leukemia and lymphoma society and you know you'll be entered into the drawing that happens on wednesday and i'll put out a video on our channel about uh you know, who, who won and who, you know, who finished second. I love the, the universal Greek first prize is one kit. Second prize is two kits. Like the more kids you get, the worse. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Who said that? I kind of, I put that up. That was universal kind of funny. Greek. Universal Greek is uh yeah, you can always trust the Greeks for a bit of comedy that, and that uh, super, like, super know, Kevin old... Campbell getting involved now too, with the old microwave water as well. So He's hilarious. Just, <laughs> you know, for a $50 donation, I will yeah. send a personalized video of myself microwaving water to make soup. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll do just about anything for the Amazing. Listen, the Gunas versus Cancer is one of the best community charities um, that we have. Um, and what Mike is doing is incredible. He lost his dad to leukemia and he's made it his life's mission to raise as much money as he can to help people who, you know, can't ordinarily get help as well. So it's um, it's really huge. Um, please go and donate. And however the Highbury Squad can help you going forward, you know that we are here. Our community is here to help in any way we can, Mike. So the support's been amazing. Um, you and and Tom and and Lee and Dan and and Ar uh, Elliot from Arsenal Vision uh, had me on for a few minutes at the beginning of his podcast today. It's just, it's really gathering steam, and I truly appreciate it. Aston's been fantastic in, in helping out, um, and you know, it just it's a feel good thing, man. You know, I mean, Arsenal's been hard to be an Arsenal supporter the last few years, but this certainly hasn't hurt. And uh, you've got such a great um, community of players, as you've mentioned, like, you know, legends of the Arsenal helping out, donating and, and stuff like that, too. So that's a really big deal. That's incredible because yeah. my heroes growing up watching Arsenal are now people I can yeah. reach out to and are willing to help. And I, I really, really appreciate that. <laughs> Kevin, are you why don't you just come on for a minute? I know your train, you, you, your tra your train clearly got home, <laughs> Kev. If you missed the beginning of the show, Aston talked a lot. <laughs> what were they serving on that train? Yeah. My God. <laughs> He's in rare form. Listen, trust me, I've got a voice. I mean, I've got a voice, and I love Aston, to hear it. Okay? You know what he's? Do you know what he's doing? He's wanting to make sure this is still happening, even when he's not here. You know that. You know he's blocking the necks. <laughs> so you know we're going to need to put the Brock the Neck logo on that uh, shirt. By the way, um, Matty uh, Matthew, so we could uh, make some edits on that. Okay, listen, I know you guys have got to go. Hmm. Um, also, guys, just please uh, go to footballprizes.co.uk as well. The auction this week is Thierry Henry. It's a signed Thierry Henry signed shirt. I'll put pictures up on it um, tomorrow during tomorrow's show. Remember, Super Kev Brock the Neck Man is back um, tomorrow night. We've got Lee Judges and Dan Potts in the house for the Tuesday Club-ish. So be sure uh, to tune in at 8 o'clock our regular time tomorrow night. Go to Football Prizes for the Thierry Henry shirt. Go to gvcorlando.com for Gunas versus Cancer. Aston, what say you before you leave this evening? One thing I did want to say was thank you to all the Gooners that flew into Orlando anyway. Ryan Youngblood, uh, we had David Ziegler. We had a whole mess of you guys out there, and I love the energy. I love everybody coming together, and I love the fact that even when Arsenal isn't here, the love is still – the love keeps going. So, Epic. And Magic Mike. Do you like do you like my little gif? It's the samurai sword, by Ooh, the way. Look at that. Look how this is when 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 I want to suppress myself talking about you know what, and I have to put money in the jar. I'm just gonna like do that. Just when <laughs> I don't think I could add anything better than what Aston already said. So Kev, I, I, I'm gonna let Aston speak for me if you can believe that. Uh, <laughs> not only can he speak, It'd be the first time Mike's let anybody speak for him. Exactly, exactly. I but, love uh, it. It's perfect. Uh, he's having a great time down here, and uh, and and. 
for those of you who asked in the chat if we're going to be coming to the UK, I mean, I, I, I come as often as I can to the UK. It, and as soon as all this stuff clears up and it's safe to do it again, I'll be there with bells on. Epic. We had Literal a little bit of everything. I uh, hope you enjoyed the chat in chat as well about having babies and not wanting to get married. That was the sidebar. <laughs> that would That's what they call the B story in the television <laughs> series. Um, so hopefully you enjoyed that too. All right. You guys are absolute joys. Love you. Be safe out there. Have a good time. Uh, and Mike, why don't you take us out tonight? Oh, boy. I'm not going to do the old one. Uh, so uh, <laughs> come on, you charitable gooners.